0: Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the ways in which we witness the recognition of you throughout our world, for the people who point us towards you, point us towards your saving work that you've accomplished through your Son, and we thank you for the gift of your Spirit, for the way that it leads us into all truth ask that you'd be present in this moment, open our ears, help the teacher, all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, a quick show of hands, Candlemas, anyone, did anyone cheat and look up what Candlemas was before? It was in the sheet. <laughs> yeah, it was in the purple sheet, um, but does anyone know what it is? That's good. I mean, I thought I would go for something strange-sounding, and then... Uh, and that <laughs> Exactly. What is this? What is this guy talking about? Um, well, Candlemas is just the uh, name in the Anglo-Saxon world for the presentation of Jesus in the Temple, um, which we hear about in the Gospel of Luke. So I'm going to just uh, read that Gospel. Um but but first, I should explain that there's there's a lot of different names for it. Um, uh, in the Roman Catholic Church, it was known for a long time as the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and in the East, it's known as the Feast of the Encounter. Um, and uh, if you remember this episode of when uh, Joseph and Mary come to the temple with, with the baby Jesus, um, Simeon... Uh, recognizes uh, Jesus to be the salvation. that he was promised before. Someone told me that they taught a youth group on this, and they said Simeon had a bucket list. And on his bucket list was to see the Lord. Um, and he did um, in his life before he died. So um, it, particularly in the Roman Catholic tradition, the names have changed. Uh, the earliest uh, examples in Rome, it was known as the uh, Feast of St. Simeon. So the focus was on Simeon. Uh, then it gradually changed to be referred to as the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, and then after the first, Va- uh, the Second Vatican Council, excuse me, um, it was changed to be uh, the Presentation of Our Lord. Um, so all this confusion about different names and what does all this mean points to the kind of fraught place this particular. Um, story has in terms of how we honor it in the church, um, and I think that that tells us a lot about the story, um, thinking about those tensions, about what is the focal point here, but the first place, I think, to begin is, is, is with the scripture, so this is uh, Luke, second chapter, beginning at the 22nd verse. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And inspired by the Spirit, he came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to thy people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years from her virginity and as a widow till she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So that's the story we have from Luke. So the question that that, that has, has I think that, that central there is where there's so many characters all of a sudden in that story we have we have Simeon who recognizes Jesus we of course have Jesus we have um we have Anna this woman who's been in the temple um and that's a very curious uh detail um I was speaking with Bishop Michael Nazir Ali when he was here about this and uh he was saying that he this this makes him very convinced that that this definitely happened Um, because there isn't really any reason to include Anna according to, you know, to prove anything to anybody. Um, So it wouldn't be something that that someone would be likely to include and and make up. Um, And so there's Anna, and then of course there's Mary. And so all these different figures um, are, I think, different lenses to think about um, what happened when Mary and Joseph and the Holy Family came into the temple to perform these rites. Uh, one of the important things I should mention, too, is what were the rites that they were performing? That's, that's, that's not answered by the <laughs> scriptures, but, um, but one is called pidion Haben, which is uh, very seldom practiced now in, in the Jewish faith, from what I understand. But if you think about uh, it's it's to redeem the firstborn male child. Um, And if you think about why the firstborn male child, it's not just about something special about a patriarchy and first sons and all that. I mean, there's a lot of that in the world. But but for Israel, the importance there is, if you think about what is like the pivotal pivotal story in the history of of Israel before the coming of the Christ. They make movies about it. Exodus, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Abraham's good. You really can't go wrong. Actually, they're all important and they're all in Scripture. So it was a stupid question. Um, but I was thinking of the Exodus. So I'm glad someone said that. Um, but of course, in the Passover, the firstborn son was going to be taken. And so, as a memorial, even though the spirit had already come and taken that, in, you know, and in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, you know, before preceding the Exodus, um, they would still bring their firstborn male child, to be redeemed so that the Lord wouldn't take him. And this is, in, this, makes it, this, this is important because it draws right into, even at the birth of Jesus, even at the very beginning, we sort of think about Jesus as the little child and then there's all the passion stuff at the end. That Really, the close of that narrative of Jesus' birth is the opening of the narrative about Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross because they go to redeem him. And uh, and the question is, you know, usually you pay with with money. And that's not specified here. Instead, we hear about about doves. And Luke has a a program that really emphasizes um, God's God's, uh, deep love and care for the poor. Um, And so uh, the fact that they would pay the kind of discount rate showed that they were not wealthy. Um, But there's also questions about, well, what does... What does the inclusion of that detail, which does not say anything about actually paying for to redeem Jesus, say about the coming sacrifice, right? That the firstborn would die. That, so there's that, that, that connection here between Exodus and the passion with the baby Jesus. And so it sort of all comes together in this focal point. So like Simeon, I think there's a lot for us to recognize Um, in this particular episode so are there any any and then the other thing i should say too is and because there is that tradition of the purification of the blessed virgin um, uh, there's something called mikvah which is just the ritual cleansing of uh, of women particularly uh, uh, you know after anything that has to do with their um fertility, uh, the, the, there's, there's, there's cleansing. So a birth, for example, would be, would be something where they would, be, um, would go and immerse themselves um, to be ritually cleansed. And so that would be something that Mary would have to do to, to fulfill the law. So another, another key item I'd like to do is just before I, I, I have a way of breaking this down, I'd like to look at the four different characters here separately, just, just to, to get through it. Um, and But before we do that, I think it's, it also makes sense to think about Malachi, which um, you know, in, in our church is placed uh, to be the final book of the Old Testament, um, which I think is just helpful to think about how the whole story of what God has done for us in Christ is coming together and being recognized in this one point, even before the Passion. Um, and and that is, so in the third chapter of Malachi, we hear, "'Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming,' says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears?' For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver till they present righteous offerings to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and is in the former years. So, then, that's a, a common theme throughout um, uh, a lot of the, the, the minor prophets of uh, God restoring the temple, um, of the Lord returning to the temple. And so here we see God coming into the temple and returning in a surprising and sudden way. You know, it's just a baby. And yet these, these, these people, Simeon and Anna, recognize what's going on here. And they see that the prophecy is being fulfilled even then at the very beginning. Um, so, let me, I like pictures. Um, this is a 15th century um, illumination from Normandy, and it shows this scene. So we have here um, the, the priest of the temple. Um, well, Actually, that may be Joseph, but um, this is Anna, and then we have Simeon, and then there's a handmaiden, who is carrying, can't quite see it, but the, but the offering, the, the peasant offering that they have to, to perform this. And if you notice that right here, this, you know, I'm not making all this up. <laughs> um, I'm certainly not the first person to think about this. But you see the way that this, this, this artist has, has rendered this scene. Jesus is spreading out his arm, and Anna is pointing to her palm, in a way as if to as if to, to to make the connection that here we see the coming sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And and I've often found you know it's it's a little annoying in the, in in the in the way we honor follow the story of Christ in the church year um, it's sort of funny where Jesus starts there isn't really a clear beginning There's, you know we have that 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 nativity, and then suddenly he's older, and yeah, there's those stories about when he goes into the temple and gets lost, but we're kind of, you know. So so I think this is a, a good uh, uh, demarker that sort of begins the story of Jesus moving towards his sacrifice in that way, and you can see that even in this particular illumination. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just cool. Look at these weird elves. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've got, a, we've got a longbowman who has a, a, a horse's... Body and a dragon. I mean, it's 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 awesome. <laughs> so uh, so speaking of awesome, let's hear about Jerome and what he had to say against the Pelagians, who were not awesome. Um, but he he was speaking about this particular event of, of Jesus' presentation, and he said, "All heretics have gone astray, but not understanding the by not understanding the mystery of his nativity." The statement "He who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord" is more applicable to the special nativity of our Savior than to all the men for Christ than, to, than, than that of all men. For Christ alone opened the closed doors of the womb of virginity, which nevertheless remained permanently closed. So um, there's a sense in which um, saying he who opens the womb that's the way they refer to the firstborn but how remarkable that a birth would open um in in a way that uh that's unique because of the virgin birth um and we see here a, a a a particular focus on on the specialness of christ in that in that particular um in that particular narrative so thinking about Simeon, um, Augustine, and, and remember that in, in, in Rome, I, I should have said this earlier, I didn't, um, the, uh, the dates of when this be- was actually celebrated, um, I, I kind of go into a little bit of liturgical detail because I think it's helpful to think about how the story becomes honored, I find that useful, um, uh, was actually, the, it was clear that this was celebrated as a special uh, an occasion that was marked specially by the church as early as about the, the middle of the fourth century uh, in Jerusalem, and then by uh, the, the mid-sixth century, Justinian, the emperor, had required that everyone, you know, this be a feast, there had been a plague, and he thought, you know, you know how they were then, um, so everyone's <laughs> going to do it now, um, and you know what, in terms of things that you could have done as an emperor? Honoring the presentation of our Lord in the temple is not a bad idea. Emperors do a lot of uh, worse things <laughs> when they decide that things have gone well. Um, so uh, I bring up that early history because I, I, I did mention earlier that the, that the first name for this was the Feast of St. Simeon. Um, and Augustine speaks really beautifully about, uh, about Simeon um, and and what's going on here. And I, and I think it, it, it invites us in um, to see ourselves in Simeon's place here as, as recognizing who Jesus is, what the meaning is for us. Augustine writes, The just Simeon saw him with his heart because he recognized the infant. He saw him with his eyes because he took the infant in his arms. Seeing him in both ways Recognizing the Son of God and cuddling the one begotten of the Virgin, he said, Now, Lord, you are letting your servant go in peace, since my eyes have seen your salvation. Notice what he said, Since my eyes have seen your salvation. You see, he was being kept until he should see with his eyes what he had already perceived with his faith. He took the baby body, he cradled the body in his arms. On seeing the body, that is, on perceiving the Lord in the flesh, he said, my eyes have seen your salvation. How do you know this is not the way in which all flesh is going to see the salvation of God? We talk about seeing Jesus. Wouldn't it be crazy if when we get to heaven, Jesus is there as a baby, like that, and how wonderful would that be? I, mean, I, I just love that, that window that Augustine has of inviting us to just understand that it's not about any particular property of who Jesus is in his body, although it's important that he had a body, but it's that he is our salvation. And we can behold that at all points of his life. The other key element of focusing on Simeon is that Simeon points to how jesus um jesus's ministry is not just for the jews even at this very beginning he says it's you are this is this baby is a light to enlighten all peoples and so again you know i i i I hear a lot of crazy stuff about about the church that 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 doesn't make much sense because people want to think that this isn't true as far as i'm concerned and um and one of them is this attempt to drive a wedge between Paul and Jesus. And this, oh well, Jesus was just for Jews and then Paul came along and he you know, he was like the the you know the the, the Ray Kroc who made McDonald's big. You know, he went out and he took the, the whole thing to everybody. Nonsense. Nonsense. Simeon recognizes at the very beginning of the story that this is not just... It's sure he's the glory of Israel. He's the culmination of all the special things that God has been doing with his chosen people. But that he's for everyone. That he's a light for everyone. Um, And in terms of how this... The the name Candlemas, it has to do with candles, actually, because the way the church would celebrate this in in the medieval period was everyone would get tapers, you know, candles. And uh, they would go to... um, you know they'd go and they'd go to the church and they'd bless them and they'd sense them with incense and do the things that they liked to do in medieval times, um, which we have since thought better of. Um, and uh, and 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 but the idea was that this particular ceremony, the drama of this, invited the congregation to to be in Simeon's place to hold the light of the world and come in. So there's there's a good impulse there. Well, I've left out Anna. That's wrong of me, um, and, and perhaps sexist, but uh, the Venerable Bede, is that a name that's familiar? Venerable Bede, great chronicler of, of the English church, and forgive me for my Anglocentricity here in this presentation, but um, it got complicated when I looked at the German sources, so um, uh, interestingly it got really focused on Mary in a way that um, I wasn't prepared to, to deal with, um, even after the Reformation, fun fact. Um, but Bede, uh, Bede said this in his homilies on the gospel. He said, what needs to be mentioned, too, is that deservedly both sexes hurried to meet him, offering congratulations since he appeared as the redeemer of both. And Luke makes uh, is, is always careful to talk about the role that women played, which, again, is something that you would only do if you cared about women, which was not culturally dominant at the time. Um, and, and so it's really uh, the inclusion of Anna and explaining her recognition uh, was recognized by the early church as showing how, how it wasn't just that Jesus had taken on a male body, but that his sacrifice was taking on a human body that, 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 um, that, 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 that all people, male and female, can be joined to him um, uh, in, 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 his, in his earthly body today as part of the church and that the salvation is for all, and I think that that's partic- it's particularly interesting to think about Anna in that way, because it, it points to, to the 24th chapter of Luke, where the women are the first to see Jesus at um, the tomb, uh, you know, that they're the first to come behind the tomb empty and discover the resurrection. Um, so there's a sense in which women are recognizing this throughout the Gospel of Luke. Um, and that's important, and it was important, and it was recognized in the medieval church, which, which is useful to remember, lest we forget it today. Um, so we've talked a little bit about Anna, and I think Simeon and Anna both, in terms of their recognitions, uh, it's, it's interesting how they're both old. If you think about the Eastern name for this, this feast, it was the Great Encounter. And as we grow older, um, the certainty of our encounter with God becomes more and more apparent that that we will have the great encounter. Now, the great encounter may come for me in the next few minutes, in which case I'm sorry because it's going to be awkward. <laughs> uh, you know, you'll, um, so hopefully I won't I won't I won't have the great encounter yet, but um, but it'll be great when it happens. Um, and uh, and so I think that the, the emphasis that's placed on their agedness makes sense here. That that as they're coming to the end of their lives, they're coming to an encounter with Christ and they have that encounter before their deaths that we might know that 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 encounter awaits us all. All right. Now this is the part where I try to see if I can get myself fired from the advent. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the Blessed Virgin Mary. (laughs) Um, This this, this was a real problem for the church um, because the whole story of uh, who Mary was, um, it, was uh, it, it developed over time and, and, and certainly um, views that the reformers held uh, such as Calvin and Luther both held that, uh, that, that Mary was ever virgin. Um, that's certainly not something that scripture requires us to believe um, and so it's not required of you or me. Uh, but useful to remember that that was not something that the reformers were keen to to do away with um, but the sense of of the purity of Mary and recognizing the specialness of, of, of the, the call and the commission that God gave to Mary and her accepting um, accepting that in the in the marvelous way that she did uh, presented some issues because the church started you, know, Talking about Mary in a lot of ways that we talk about Jesus as being without sin. Um, And why does someone who's without sin need to be purified in the temple? Hmm. Well, we've got a trouble here. Well, she just did it because, you know, she didn't want to confuse us. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but it's like, that's still confusing. Um, uh, But the, there was a you know huge cult of Mary in the medieval time, and, and in parts of our own denomination, and certainly globally, um, there is a, a great degree of devotion to Mary, um, uh, for better and, and also, unfortunately, for, for worse at times. Um, but uh, this this because Mary figured and it was the pre- presentation, and that she's there in, in, as the focal point. The focus on Mary became so significant. Um, the way in which this particular episode from the Gospel of Luke was celebrated, it became a, a, a really important um, uh, Marian uh, Marian feast, and that's that's seen in the fact that up until Vatican II, they were calling it the Purification of the Blessed Virgin. Interestingly, um, at least in 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 uh, the Anglo Saxon sources. So a- Alfaric is one of our earliest uh, Anglo Saxon chronicles. Uh, a, a, he was a, uh, an abbot and he wrote sermons and he had a, a dramatic flair. Uh, he, <laughs> um, he fudged the story when he, uh, you know, looking at one of the earliest sermons we have, which is a celebration of the presentation of the temple, he talks about how. Simeon was on the steps of the temple, and he took Christ, and he brought Christ into the temple, which is not what we heard from Luke. Um, but if you think about how they were holding the light and going in, he's thinking of the liturgy, and he's explaining the liturgy to people rather than the scriptures, which is something that you know we, as, as Reformed Christians, want to step back from. And a fun irony, because I can't help myself. Uh, <laughs> the English reformers loved this guy. You'd think, like, <laughs> I read that, I was like, darn it, he got it wrong. And then I found out that he had a, this huge renaissance in the, during the English reformation because they, uh, they discovered that, um, uh, that he, he did not hold, he held views that precluded tr- the transubstantiation, and he also didn't believe um, in uh, the Immaculate Conception. So the English reformers were like, this guy is great, but if we think about it now, it's like, you were really focused on those issues, <laughs> because there were also problems. But, um, but, but, uh, but, but an interesting uh, bit, and of course the, the big question with Mary is, what is that puzzling bit about a sword shall pierce your soul? And we can see how just how Mary is by far the most complicated of all the different figures in terms of the history of how the church has tried to make sense of it. Origen, who is very popular now, but was condemned as a heretic, and um, if you want to decide what you think of him, I hope you have money for a master's program, um, <laughs> uh, Origen wrote, why should we believe that when the apostles were scandalized, the mother of the Lord remained immune from scandal? That is to say, when they, you know, when they um, well, for example, Peter's denial, right, at, 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 at the time of the Passion, If she had not suffered scandal in the passion of the Lord, Jesus would not have died for her sins. I don't think Origen believed in (laughs) the Immaculate Conception. Um, And uh, Ambrose, on the other hand, just to show that there is an early tradition on the other other side, Ambrose of Milan, who of course um, was influential, and St. Augustine, who is by far, I think, one of the greatest readers of scripture ever and and just a huge resource in, in, in my life of faith, um, Ambrose wrote, uh, and a sword will pierce through your soul. He's quoting the scripture there. Neither scripture nor history tell us that Mary departed this life by a violent death. For it is not the soul but the body that can be pierced by a material so- sword. This therefore proves that Mary was not unaware of the heavenly myth- mystery. So Ambrose goes on to say that Mary knew all along what was going to happen to Jesus, her son which is an interesting view. I, I am reminded that, and I have a big confession to make. Are you ready for a confession? This, we have ceased to be on, there is no hope. We're just going to talk for, until <laughs> someone drags me off from this podium. But I'm going to start making personal confessions. Uh, I wrote a little piece for The Adventurer uh, about Epiphany. And I, and I conflated uh, Jesus' circumcision with details from his presentation. And no one complained I'm shocked, but uh, uh, it turns out the circumcision is eight days afterwards, and then it was this paying the price of redemption because he's the firstborn, which he may or may not have paid, in thinking about his sacrifice. Remember, um, so I, I kind of put the two together, but it's it's not a big deal, right? It's just it's just error. Um, so where does this occur in the timeline? Here? What what the. Uh, Okay, so so this is, oh, I should have said this. This is actually tomorrow. February 2nd is when, uh, in the Latin calendar. The first century timeline of real events, which came, came first. Oh, oh by, so it's 40 days after that you have to redeem the firstborn, and the circumcision was eight days. So, um, uh, so it definitely comes later. Um, and so in that sense, it's the conclusion of the whole story of Mary and, um, well... The focus on the nativity um, in that way it is it ends here, and and I should say just a fun nerdy fact that the Scandinavian churches celebrate um, uh, Candlemas on the Sunday closest. So this is the day where the three um, Scandinavian Christians left, and I know, I know one, so I shouldn't be rude. Um, gather together and remember this. Um, Oscar, I'm sorry if, if you listen to this online. Okay, um, good. So, um, and and I, I did want to mention that, I, and I, I alluded to this um, that that the the sense of Mary's role was really important in the, in the German sources, um, and in looking at some of the pr- sermons preached by the um, preached by German reformers, um, Christoph Wiescher, uh, the Pastor Geiler, Um they both, they both talk about um, Mary and, uh, and her heart being pierced in the sense in which she's a martyr because of what she witnessed in the death of her son. That un- un- undergoing that um, and being present in that way, is, it makes her like a martyr, which I think is, is interesting. And so they continue to, to honor Mary with this even after, even after the, the Lutheran re- re- reforms. Okay, so I spoke a li- just uh, briefly, just thinking about the Nativity. I like this because this particular Tiptrich, um, uh, which, and, and you'll notice that I like Northern Renaissance stuff, so that's, that's you get a lot of it, um, but, uh, you know, here we have uh, the, the presentation. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot more figures, and, but you do see the doves there, and I presume that's Joseph, um, and then, of course, Mary is holding Jesus. And that looks like a very old man, um, so I assume that's Simeon. And this, perhaps, the woman with the pumpkin on her head is Anna? I don't know. Or the person with the party hat. I'm not sure which. Uh, but, uh, but, but this, this tip is, is it shows how this story of the nativity, which we, we, we pay a lot of attention to with Christmas, is framed by the events of um, the, uh, the adoration um, uh, the 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 adoration of the magi the magi come here so here we see the birth the shepherds the angels that delivers the message um, then we have the magi from the east you see this uh, this uh, uh, black fellow here uh, is one of them um, and bringing a gift and um, and so 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 we have epiphany really in the central piece and then the presentation so that whole the the whole story is sort of Ends with Candlemas, but Candlemas also opens that new story of of Christ's sacrifice. Okay, um, and here we see just in, in terms of this is a, uh, uh, a, a just a a, a view of, of how the procession you know with the with different tapers would have looked. Um, so I thought that that would be a useful thing to do. Uh, Part of the reason why the, it, I think uh, this survived the Reformation in Germany but did not survive the Reformation in England in the same way was because it was viewed as a, as a, as a Feast of, of, of Our Lord um, or a so-called Herrenfest, um, And so uh, that, that, that I think uh, is just a, a bit about the, the different ceremony. Um, and, of, and, and of course, it's also I, I did mention in the East the Feast of the Encounter. Here we have a, um, a um, uh, an, an icon of, of the Novgorod school. Uh, why is this? It's oh, okay. And then um, the other thing that I, I would be remiss not to mention um, is just the Noctemitus is really the part that keeps this festival. Uh, alive in the Anglican tradition, so um, when you do morning prayer, often we'll use the Nocturnitas. Certainly for evening prayer, and this is an early setting um, of a Spanish in the Spanish style. So it's it's not in polyphony; it's just a single uh, singer. I thought I'd share that. Um, so we throughout looking at at this particular. Um, feast, and, and uh, we see that the Candlemas has been the convergence point for a lot of different narratives in the Bible. It's the the, the story of the exodus and, and Christ's sacrifice, moving from Jesus as being born in a Jewish context and recognized in a Jewish context, to looking out uh, to what he's going to do for all, all the Gentiles, for which we're all very grateful, I, I, I assume. Um, and And Anna, and and for an old woman to to recognize this and to include uh, as many as possible in this recognition of Christ and to tell so many different stories, I think precisely the strength of this feast is why it has has really fallen out of favor in the church. Because it's just, what's the focus here? You know, what do we talk about? But I think that, for me at least, thinking about it, Christ is, is is like a prism who refracts the light from each person who recognizes him refracts the light from Mary and her great gift to us through um, through through raising Jesus for accepting um, and and bearing God for being the mother of God we see that refracted through the light of, of Christ uh, in this we see Simeon recognizing what this means for the Gentiles and that, two. It's almost like it all goes in, and it's just this rainbow of witness, uh, including Anna and all those who, who see that. And so this is a moment which which is it's an anchor in the story, in the liturgical calendar. We don't celebrate it anymore, but I think it's useful to reflect on the way in which this particular episode um, can serve as a, as a waypoint as we go through um, our lives of faith um, and think about how just as Jesus refracts the light of all their stories, of Simeon, of Anna, of Mary, of Joseph, um, he too refracts our light in our lives um, because the story of his sacrifice is the story of our salvation. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for most wondrously calling us home to you taking on our sins and dying for for us on the cross and your son we thank you for your spirit help us and empower us to do the work that you've given us to do this day and always and help us recognize the salvation you've given us in Jesus wherever he is present in our lives we ask all these things in his most precious name Amen